Hey, welcome to a special edition of The Overwhelmed Brain. My name is Paul Coliani. If you've never heard this show, I'm a personal empowerment coach. And every Sunday, I come out with another episode on helping you live a better life by increasing your emotional intelligence and strengthening your self-worth and self-esteem and um, honoring your boundaries and getting into alignment with your values and all that stuff. And uh, every now and then, I'll come out with a bonus episode as an addendum, as something more to add to your life, especially as something that I haven't covered in other episodes. And this is one of those episodes. I do not necessarily cover work and career. And um, if you're a longtime listener, you have already heard Scott Barlow and myself talk about jobs and career and what you can do to find one that fits you and one that you'll be fulfilled in, one that you can have career success in. And our conversations are always great. They're always enlightening. I always get something from them. Not that I'm looking for a career necessarily, but I do get something from them because uh, he helps me understand what people's mindsets are when they're in a job they don't like or is not fulfilling or they're thinking about transitioning. That's what this episode's about. And um, every other episode that I've had with Scott is about as well. And he comes on the show once a year, sometimes more. But like I said, I like to put this in as an addendum to the overwhelmed brain because uh, we go beyond just personal growth and relationships. We get into other aspects of your life. So when I can, I like to have them on the show just so we can talk about that stuff. So I'm just going to let our conversation play. I hope you get something from it. And I highly recommend you go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash career. You'll see a link to a free eight day video course that Scott is giving away. It is a figure out what fits kind of video course, and it'll help you get into alignment with a career that's right for you. Because life does involve work. Life does involve you contributing and getting back, and hopefully in a mutually beneficial way. I want you to be happy at your job. I want you to find a career that fits. So here's Scott Barlow of Happen to Your Career and myself having a good chat, and hopefully you'll get some value from it. that you and I have done for the past five years is we get together once every year or twice sometimes every year. Mm-hmm. And um, I love having you on as always. Uh, uh, I haven't even introduced you yet. This is Scott Barlow with Happen to Your Career uh, over at happentoyourcareer.com. You also have the podcast Happen to Your Career. And um, you know what I love? I, I looked at your podcast before uh, our conversation here. And um, I love that you have been insanely consistent every single week. Have you missed a week on your show? Have you ever missed a show? You know what? We, when we first started, we put out nine months and you and I started very, very, very close to the same time. Mm -hmm. However, about nine months in, we started working on a different project. Uh, Me and the person who was helping me at the time, his name is Mark Sievercrop, but um, he and I said, okay, well, we need more time because we both had jobs on the side at that point in time. And we stopped the podcast for about three months. And then we realized that people were not happy about that. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, that's a good sign. <laughs> so we, it was, yeah. In, in some ways, uh, we had 
created this uh, this cool thing and put a lot of effort into it. And uh, I've seen you do the same thing with with your show, and it turns into a bit of a life of its own in some ways. And um, yeah, people were not very excited when we stopped. We got a lot of emails and realized we'd better make this consistent. So since then, we have been incredibly consistent. Yeah, I scrolled through and I was like, whoa, month after month, week after week. So uh, I'd say congratulations on that. It does I look at that as part of almost your, I don't want to say this, this sounds awful, but it's part of your character. Like, I'm going to continue showing up and, you know, put all my effort into this. Not that you have to show anyone your character, but it's almost like it's in your makeup. Do you think, do you think consistency really helps with a career, with something that you pick in your life? Yes, I do. I find that not just your career, but really anything, the good things show up after you've been consistent for a long period of time, after you've been plugging away for a long period of time. I find the bigger challenge in some ways uh, compared to being consistent is deciding what you're going to not do in order to be consistent or what you're going to give up or what you're going to quit or what you're going to stop because very often doing something that is important to you, whatever it is, whether it's making a massive career change, whether it is developing a relationship, whether it is, you know, going after a promotion, whether it's starting a business, starting a podcast like you and I have done. Uh, I think all of those things, the really great things happen after you show up day in, day out, but that is not the real challenge. The bigger challenge is what are you going to not do to be able to get there? That's a interesting perspective. I like that. Uh, because it really helps you question what, I mean, we were just talking about this kind of sort of in the pre-interview. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where is this moving the needle? Is this going in the direction I want to go? Is this how I want to, is this helping me build what I want to build in my life? And is this, yeah. is this fulfilling me? I think one of your, um, focuses that happened to your career is helping someone find a fulfilling job, something that makes them happy, something that, uh, gives them career success. And I, you know, I look at all of those traits and I know you have systems in place. You've been doing this for many, many years. And um, we're going to talk about it at the end of the the show about how they can get this free uh, eight. I think eight week course. It's a video course, eight day course. Eight yep. day We've course. We've got a eight day mini course that gets people started in identifying what would be amazing for them and what would be ideal for their career. Yeah, I love that. And, and it's funny because I was I was going over some notes for our talk, and um, one of the things that occurred to me is the job I have now. It's not really a job. It's not really a career. It's just my life, my lifestyle. This is what I do. And it yeah. just, just happens to sustain my life. Um, at The Overwhelmed Brain is the longest job I've ever held ever in my life. <laughs> is it now? Yeah. I know we've had multiple conversations in the past yes. five years about length of your jobs and yes. as you transition from one to another. But this is officially the longest this is now? It. This is it. Oh I'm, my goodness. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I remember talking to you about this. It's like, I've only ever held a job for four years. That was my maximum length of any job. And I <laughs> finally hit that point. And I, I wanted to ask you, Mr. Expert on careers and fulfillment and mindset here. Um, no pressure. <laughs> putting you on the spot. Let's do it. Let's do uh, it. Yeah, good. What, what has held me here? Why do I keep doing this? Why am I fulfilled? I know that's a loaded question. But there's got to be a, like a few basic components of this that keeps me going. Hmm. You know, I think let's see if we can untangle that together because this might be really useful because 
What we find is if you are in a fulfilling situation, you're absolutely right. There are reasons for that. And usually what what we've found over the years is there's uh, there's several big areas that have a tendency to make up those feelings of ongoing feelings of happiness and purpose and fulfillment and alignment with what you want and what is most important to you. So I suspect that in a few of those different areas, uh, I suspect, I know actually for a fact, because I've seen some of it in action, that there's a lot of areas of this that align with your strengths. Mm. Is that fair to say? That's very fair. Okay. That's extremely fair. (laughs) I also know just through seeing, uh, you know, not just with you, but seeing many thousands of people in action. And then even prior to to this business that we have helping people get to these type of careers. When I used to work back in uh, in HR in, you know, hiring, hiring many, many hundreds of people and, you know, being responsible for creating a happy workforce and, and, uh, well, more so than creating more acting as a catalyst to help enable that mm. um, and just being a total nerd about that stuff that um, the the strengths side of it and the alignment side of it, well, when you work more of your day in your strengths or particularly what we call signature strengths, which signature strengths, you can just think about those as that combination of those things that not just that you're good at, but those areas in which you have a higher level of enjoyment as well. And those areas that um, also overlap with being able to add a high amount of value to the world and you getting back uh, something from that too. So mm. that's what we call signature strengths. But you know, regardless of what we call it, when you spend more time there, even as little as one to two more hours in a given day, then we see that spread over many, many millions of people uh, with the good folks that uh, over at Gallup, they've produced a bunch of data to, to really research this very well. But just as little as one to two hours a day more than your previous situation, it feels like you are happier. It feels like you have that higher level of fulfillment. It feels you get a lot of these other good things with uh, just a little tiny bit more in your day. So I, I suspect that, that you've gotten a whole bunch more in your day than some of your previous roles, just knowing a little bit about some of your previous roles. Is that fair to say? Oh my God, where do I begin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a like nine hour show right there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I think one of the things that you hit on and we always hit on and every time we talk, because we've been on my show like five or six times, one of the big components is being in alignment with those values. And yeah. when, when you mentioned that, it always strikes a chord with me. Absolutely. It, what do I value most? What do I, what do I value most about living my life? What do I value most about con- communicating with people? About And one of the things you said about putting value out there. I think, um, or, or how you show up in the world, how you contribute to the world, I think you said. And uh, it, it is fulfilling to me to contribute to the world. I, I always see it as uh, I know something that a lot of people in the world may not know or at least have this perspective. So I yeah. want to put that perspective out there in case it helps someone. And that really aligns with my values. Do you find often find that the more someone contributes or feels like a contributor, feels like they're a valuable part of the world, the more fulfilled in their job they are? Yes, there's some exceptions to that. However, mm. as a general rule, yes. 
And they're the way that you can think about that is there are times where you may feel good, feel like you're putting something valuable into the world. However, you may not enjoy the actual act of it. So, mm. you know, we were we were working with somebody not that long ago where they had been in um, an accountant or finance role for all intents and purposes for the last 10 years. And, you know, they'd pro progressed up the ranks and they had been sort of pigeonholed into that because, quite frankly, they were really, really good at it. So they it felt good to them when they started out because they felt like they were getting all kinds of great feedback from their boss and from the people that they're working with. And and it, it feels amazing to get that type of feedback, especially if you're getting it in the way that you need. However, that alone for them was not necessarily enough to sustain all of the other elements that they had uh, a desire for or that they considered valuable to them as well, because quite frankly, uh, for them working with spreadsheets all day hmm. and since they <laughs> part of the reason that feedback was so valuable is because they they were people type people as in they l were very much extroverts and required to required interaction on an ongoing basis with uh, with other people compared to an introvert who may not. Right. And they um, they weren't getting that type of interaction that they craved. And now at this point, they hadn't been getting it for for many years. So what started out as a feel good type situation and then spending, you know, seven plus hours a day working with spreadsheets and pivot tables for the rest of the time had eventually or devolved, I guess would be the word, into something that was wholly unfulfilling. And they're like, how did I how did I get here? But they got there because they were really, really great at it and adding a ton of value. And initially they were getting that good feedback. So they kept going down that route. That's an example where it doesn't work. Well, it's interesting how you say that it's almost like they're they're getting value at first because of the drip feeding feedback they're getting. So they, they get this um, the personal contact with communication with people. And but if they have a, a whole reliance on that drip feeding feedback, that positive mm -hmm. reinforcement. And that's all they look forward to. And it comes only once a week <laughs> or once a month or whenever it comes, yeah. then they're constantly seeking it, which means they're almost in lack all the time. If they're just working with spreadsheets and they just feel down until somebody says, hey, that's a great job, they get high for a little bit and they go back down. I can totally understand. Uh, I mean, that's what you're saying, right? Pretty much like that. You're, you don't, you're not fulfilled because it's not like you're full of joy in your job because you're, you're almost focused on the wrong thing for fulfillment. I mean, is that kind of the direction you're going? Yeah. So when we talk about, that's absolutely correct. And when we talk about creating uh, what we'll call an ideal career, or we often think about it in terms of how do you create a profile for yourself of your ideal career in what is most important, we find that that's a complex question to answer. Like <laughs> a lot of people are thinking about, hey, what career should I do? But we realize as we dig further into it that what seems like a simple question is something that needs to be broken down into so many other parts because we as human beings are a little bit too complex emotionally, sometimes for our own good. Um, to really be sustained by just one single answer. So instead, when we think about it in terms of like a profile of an ideal career, we find that there are many answers that make up that profile. And part of it might be something as simple as, 
you know, what type of environment do you want to be in that's going to provide the right type of feedback for you and surround yourself with the type of people that you actually want to spend time around, especially if we're talking about your career or your job. I mean, we have a tendency to devote a pretty significant period of our lives to that, like between that mm. and sleep, like those are, those are, those are the two main areas that get uh, taken up for most people in the world. Yeah, it's interesting. You just kind of sparked a thought in me that made me realize why, or one of the components that keeps me going. Like when I was in IT many years ago, one of the components that kept me going wasn't communicating with people. In fact, that was kind of a, a drawback <laughs> because when you get to their computer, they're always mad that their computer doesn't work. <laughs> so um, I didn't really yeah. enjoy that part. I enjoyed some of it. I mean, a lot of it was good. But uh, you know, let's just say I put together a new building with new computers and I set everything up. I Velcroed all the wires and I really put my heart and soul in it. Being able to stand back and look at a room full of completed stuff that I did, this project that I completed was very fulfilling. And I realized, wow, this isn't about a human connection in this case. This is about me feeling good about something that I accomplished. And it has to do with these machines in front of me. And so I look at that as the different projects that I start in the overwhelmed brain and, you know, my business here. Um, like I cre like we were talking about um, before this talk, uh, me writing a book. When I wrote, yep. when I wrote, when I wrote the book, it was such an accomplishment. It, it was like, oh my God, it, it feels so good to be done with this book. And I'm still elated and happy that it's done and it's out there. And every project I put on myself and take on and do, there's a sense of accomplishment. So that kind of keeps me going, um, fulfilling, just working on it and knowing that it's going to be something that I, I created. It really highlighted what you just said, uh, something that I'm going through and probably one of the components that keeps me going creating these projects for myself and then completing them is fulfilling. So I think that's important for me. I mean, other people can look at their own strengths or signature strengths. I don't know how you'd look at that and see, okay, what keeps me fulfilled? What, what keeps me going? I mean, you've been doing this for a while, Scott, you probably have a feeling of keeping going and fulfillment. Do you have uh, your own thoughts about what keeps you going in this? I know we're all trying to I mean, I'm making a generalization here. We all, all want to make a lot of money or at least have a sustaining life where we're not, we have more options instead of less options. When you look at your business and your growth, uh, you probably have components that keep you going as well. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, let me point out that what you're talking about for yourself, I, I do think that it's everyone's responsibility to identify what those things are for each of us and to continue to move closer and closer to whatever those are. So in your case, you know, it might be projects that you find fulfilling on an ongoing basis and maybe you are, you know, <laughs> evaluating how you're going to spend your time coming into, you know, the new year or whatever it might be. Um, and as you're, as you're doing that, then, being able to, we were talking about saying no to things and what you're not going to do, being able to create space and time for those things that now you have identified must be there in order to create that, let's just call it a equation of fulfillment for a moment, then that's going to add up and selecting those things in advance and being more strategic about how you're spending your time over the long term. That is one of the, one of the ways and tools that we find is very, very useful. But for, for me, 
in particular, I have, uh, I have to always be doing something different in a consistent basis. So, you know, this comes up a, a lot of the time. Um, have you heard the term multipotentialite by any chance? I have not. Okay. So I've got a good friend. Her name's Emily Wapnick and she's done a, done a Ted talk. It's pretty highly ranked Ted talk at this point. Anyhow, she's popularized this term uh, multipotentialite. And all it really means is somebody who has lots of interests as opposed to one interest. So mm-hmm. almost think about it as like multi-passionate versus a specialist. If you want to, you know, separate out the terms. I think, so we've got you, a lot I think of people you've just perked half the audience's ears. So we're all listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyhow, you know, I didn't come up with the term or anything. Uh, I don't think Emily came up with the term either, but uh, she's been the one to take it to, um, to uh, popular culture or sure, bring sure. it much, much closer. <laughs> so I very much fall into that category where I am interested in lots of different things. I do. Uh, I I love parkour, which is mm. like you know jumping off of things and doing flips and rolls and and I things like that. I never think that about you, Scott. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you know <laughs> that's something that I love. Um, you know, we built a, a music room. Actually, we've got a baby grand piano that we're hauling hauling in, and nice. uh, my daughter's learning piano. I'm one of my goals this year was to learn three songs in particular on piano. And, you know, that's something that, uh, that I've done, but I've played guitar and bass for many, 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 many years. And so, you know, point being out of that is not that you should go learn guitar and bass or piano or anything, but more so if you are somebody who enjoys lots of different areas, uh, as opposed to one, then that's not a bad thing. Cause our, I believe our society has a tendency to think that if you, if you don't necessarily want to dive very, 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 very deeply into one, one particular area, then that potentially is a bad thing. But, hmm. um, for me, I've recognized that I need that ongoing change of variety and ongoing change of learning on a, um, fire hose type basis. So I have had to align my life and my job and what I do with uh, a huge amount of variety so that I am never getting bored. A lot of times I'm challenged. Sometimes we were talking about like uh, good stress versus bad stress, like helpful, mm. helpful stress in, in some things like deadlines and then other types of stress that might be less helpful. But I have to do a lot of that for myself, too, because that creates a higher level of um, creates a higher level of growth, which is something that if I go for periods of time without, I crave and I find that I am not very happy. So whatever that is for everybody in the world, I believe it's our responsibility to identify that and work to align both our lives and our careers with those things that we need. Because when we talk about happiness, a lot about a lot of us talk about it as a destination or a goal, like when I find happiness. Uh-huh. And you and you and I both know that that's not not true. You don't like find happiness, like you don't like. Oh, hey, here's happiness. I'm walking right. around the street. Hey, there it is. All right, I'm going after it. Well, if only it's yeah. If only instead, <laughs> what we do find is you can create uh, both your external world and your internal world in terms of self growth. Your um, internal world functions more like a muscle in terms of, you know, you can, can set yourself up and work on a continuous basis to help yourself have those feelings of happiness and cultivate those feelings of happiness and get better at feeling those things more often. But your external world, you can, with a little bit of strategy, with a little bit of strategy, then you can absolutely align more of that to create and align with the things that bring you happiness 
and more happy more often, I guess is maybe another way to put it here. Yeah. It's almost like you're saying that uh, you, I mean, you've done the work on yourself, obviously, and it almost sounds twofold. Like you are not only creating a career for yourself by matching up with your signature strengths, but you're also in a position, I mean, you're self-employed, so it's kind of a little different for the people that, I mean, we all work for someone, so I guess that's kind of a misnomer. But uh, when you get yourself in a career that you love, it is matching your signature strengths, which as a whole makes you happier. I mean, is that kind of along the direction you're going, right? Yeah. And I, you know, you got dangerously close to saying something that I'll respectfully disagree with. Oh, good, good. Uh, <laughs> If that's if you're all good with that, then I will absolutely um, point out here that I think people have more influence than what they realize within their roles. What I have found over the years is that and we've done it with literally, literally thousands of people at this point over the last uh, last, you know, six years. And then, you know, even before I was doing this as a business, coaching people through and working with people through the previous four years. So basically the last decade. and helping them to modify their roles and work with their organization and their boss and sometimes their boss's boss and whoever has a vested interest in order to help influence what their roles look like so that they can create that environment of more happy more often. And although that doesn't control their happiness, it certainly influences if they're getting more of those things that they know that they need. Like we're talking about, you know, the accountant that uh, didn't want to spend his time with spreadsheets and wanted more Mm. type of more interactivity with uh, with other people because he needed that type of collaboration and feedback and. And, you know, for you being able to, you've recognized that you need more of these meaningful and fulfilling projects and you need, uh, although it's not always comfortable, some of those, you know, deadlines and other pieces along the way too, to be able to complete those so that you can have all of those great feelings and have more of that purpose and fulfillment with the work that you're doing. So all of this stuff starts to tie together. But the first step is not just with signature strengths. It's identifying all of those pieces that you need in order to create that ideal career profile, that profile of what your ideal career actually looks like. And it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. But you mentioned values earlier, right? Mm. So with values, um, that's kind of a funny word for me. And I'm this this will be a fun conversation because I'm curious how you think about sure. this anyways because I have a ton of respect for some of the work that you've done around values and what you find valuable. Um, I, I think uh, when you start to talk uh, – my experience is that when you start to talk about values, like it's kind of fuzzy for people. It sounds sometimes very out there and I think like things like – integrity and, Mm -hmm. you know, what are stereotypical values pop into people's heads. But I have a tendency to look at it more as what do you find most valuable? And I think once you identify those types of things, what do you find most valuable, not just in your career, but in your life? Because those can't really be separated out. Um, you know, if you, if you highly value integrity in, in your personal life, like that doesn't change in your career. You don't all of a sudden not value integrity when you walk into the office or whatever. True. So one, I think that's where the key, and we can talk through like, how do you actually do something with this and how do you, you know, create a role or modify a role or, or work towards a a career that actually is more in alignment. But 
how do you think about values when you when you talk about that? Because I know you've had to communicate this to a lot of different people. Uh, yeah, totally. And I, it's an absolutely valid question because when you say values, it's such an abstract concept. My values, I you know, what does that mean? I always I always like to ask the question, "What's important to you?" So mm-hmm. I, I would say, and you were starting to go along this path. You know, what's important to you about a romantic relationship? Well, you know, I yeah. must have honesty. I must have, I must laugh. I must be able to, you know, be able to express myself and they'll listen and I feel safe. And I look at those as values and you, you get to those values by asking yourself what's most important to me about. I mean, this is my take on it. And plus people who listen to my show have heard me talk about it a million times. So I'll probably say, I mean, I shouldn't say everyone. Some people might tune in for the first time and they hear the word values and they go, oh, this guy's too abstract. (laughs) So I got to keep that in mind. Uh, But that's how I approach it is I like to look at an area of life that I'm working on. Like if I were to, if I were to change my career, okay, what's important to me about um, a job, a career? What's important to me about it? Well, I got to feel like I'm accomplishing something. Okay. So that might be one of my values. It may not be like the typical, quote, value, like you said, integrity and dignity and character, uh, but it it is what is important to me. So that's how I define and approach that. Mm. Uh, I guess I shouldn't really be surprised, but that is the exact same question that we ask to. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. We're on the same same wavelength. (laughs) Yeah. And that is exactly how we look at it in terms of not just what's important to you because we find that there are way more things important to us individually than we're going to be able to act upon. But what is most important to you? What is the highest priorities for you in terms of what is important? And we mentioned earlier how when you're thinking about in terms of your career, it's, it's too difficult to say, okay, what is, what is my ideal career? Like, what should I be doing? Should Mm. I be an HR guy or should I like, what should I be doing? That's, Far, far, far too big of a question. So another way that we break that down, instead of just focusing on signature strengths, think about that as one area, but then when we start to evaluate those values, or rather, as you said, what is most important to us, then we'll even separate that further and focus on different categories almost just to make it easier. Because how do you answer something really complex? Well, you start to break it down into manageable pieces. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that we can do that in the area of what do we value the most is breaking it down into categories like relationships and financials and environment. And so, you know, what I mean by some of these, for example, environment, I'm not just talking about your geographic environment, like where in the world do you want to live that aligns with what you actually want, but also, you know, what type of culture do you want to be surrounded by, whether it's work culture or otherwise? And other things too that may be important, like, you know, I'm talking to you right next to this huge window because I have identified that if I don't have a good portion of my day exposed to some kind of light and sunlight, I get grumpy (laughs) and I don't get more happy more often. So that's an example of aligning my environment with what I really need, setting it up so that I have less things that are stopping me from that, you know, more happy, more fulfilled more often. So that's one example, environment. Relationships, I think this is a really underrated one. And you are you are quite the expert in this area as well. So I'd be really interested in your take. But a few of the things that we found that I find people are not thinking about, especially in relation to careers, are 
who are the types of people that you want to spend your time around? Mm -hmm. Because what we find is if we do that a little bit backwards, instead of saying what companies are hiring out there, Mm -hmm. instead we say, okay, what, what types of people do I want to be spending the majority of my day around and interacting with? And once I know those type of people, and once I know all of these uh, answers for what's most important to me, then it's much, much easier to find where in reality can you make that happen and identify those companies that have similar values or identify those people and what companies they happen to be a part of that you do in fact want to be spending your time around. And it's almost a little bit like reverse engineering in some ways. But once we understand what that picture looks like and answering each of these smaller questions, it's much easier to build a path from there now that we know an idea of what the, what these are to where that can be in reality. I love that approach. In fact, it reminds me of a great question you can ask yourself in relationships that does pertain to your job in a moment here, I'll tell you. The uh, yeah. question to uh, who, the, what type of person you want to hang out with. I think when you get into any type of relationship, if you ask yourself, is this the type of person I would hang out with or I want to hang out with? And if it's not working, you know, why is it you explore that, you talk with them and all that stuff? Um, but that's a great question because then you can... I like to look at it this way. Uh, I look at my girlfriend and I, if I don't have, if there's nothing in her that I admire or respect, then I'm in the wrong relationship or at least there's a problem I need to address. Yeah. And, um, I love to be with people that I find something that I admire, that I respect, that I can learn from because there should be like that, in my opinion, give and take. And I do find myself in position when I was looking for careers and I was in a job or something, I really appreciated working around people that I admired, I respected, that I could learn something from. And when it worked back and forth, give and take, like when they could look at me and admire and respect and learn something from as well, it seemed to fit the best. It seemed like the best situation for me. I don't know if that's something that you explore or not, but it just seems like that's when I'm most fulfilled. Yeah. I think the big piece that you can take to everybody is when there is a mutual benefit right. in any relationship. I think that that is always true. I, I have found, especially as it pertains to people that you want to hang out with and especially as it pertains to, say, like searching for companies that have people with similar values that you want to spend time around, I find that the definitions of what's most important about those people have a tendency to change. And I, and I bet if we dug into it a little bit, you know, what, what creates that highest value of exchange might be a little bit different for me than it is for you compared to the next person and the next person beyond that. That's been my experience is when you start to really dig, then, um, I I think we all need that mutual exchange in some ways for it to be the, some of the best type of relationships. And then what makes that up? once we get into that really deep level is just slightly different from one person to another in terms of how they define that and what they need. This could get so deep. I could really dive into this because with relationships and such, um, the idea that you're with someone that is mutually an equal in, in many ways is, uh, in my opinion, a healthier, usually more fulfilling, more happier relationship. And I, I've, I get a lot of people that write to me and want to know, 
what they need to do to change for their partner because their partner's not happy with them and they put them down all the time. I'm like, whoa, 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 you're you're in this situation where you have somebody that's not equal and putting you down. And I I can equate relationships to careers. And I go, geez, if you're in you're in this situation where your boss is putting you down, your coworkers are all hard to work with and it's yeah. just it's constant battle when you go in. Something's got to give. Something's got to change. In fact, I take away from our conversation, Scott. I really love that you said, you know, you can be in a career and it doesn't mean you have to change the career if you're not happy and you don't like it. It just might mean you have to change some variables in my words, but you might just have to change your environment. You might have to change, you know, talking with more people or less people or going, you know, shift it in some way. Because I remember having jobs in my life where I didn't speak up for myself. I was a people pleaser. Oh, you want me to work on the weekend? Okay, no problem. And then I would walk away in resentment and hate. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, those jerks. They don't think of me, <laughs> even though I said yes. Um, and then, you know, all this all this um, stress was building because I was causing it. And I never once asked for something because I thought if I asked for anything, I could get fired. So I had this crazy idea. And I'm not saying that doesn't exist, you know, uh, but I think that most people just want an employee that is working and happy. And if they're happy, that means that they'll get a better work out of them. And how can we work together? I think a lot of bosses are pretty much human. (laughs) You can, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I I think they want to work with you and, and make you feel better about your job so that you'll actually perform better and show up more and be sick less. Do Do you find that? Do you explore that at all? I find that I find two things because there's an interesting dichotomy here. Most bosses in the world, they don't necessarily have training or experience to be a great leader. Hmm. Um, so we've got we've got a ton of good data that that says that. Also, um, the majority of the people out there are not happy with their bosses, which I think those two things go fairly hand in hand. Mm. Um, on top of that, though, I also believe what you just said to be very true, and I've seen good data around this, too, that most bosses are trying to do what they believe is right. And most of them are not equipped to have the types of conversations um, to be blatantly forthright with what they're doing and what their intents are and uh, in a way that's helpful to that um, boss and direct report type relationship. And so I really believe that that means that if we know that that's the situation out there uh, and we know that, and we just give companies in general the benefit of the doubt that they're trying to do their best that they believe they can Mm. to, uh, to change something and make it continuously better, then I still think that leaves us in a situation where I believe it's our responsibility to, um, ask for what we want and be blatantly transparent with what we, what we need. And the crazy thing is, um, although we do, we do a lot of things in helping people identify what they want and everything else along those lines, none of it really matters until we can teach people. And this is something we find that we work a lot with people on skill sets, how to be very genuine and, um, and blatant in asking for what they want and need. And the crazy thing about that is when you ask for what you want, you're more likely to get what you want. And that's crazy. I, 
Yeah. And I've lived my life by that very, very simple logic. Um, I found that a lot of the great things that have happened in, in my life and, uh, many of the lives of the people that we've helped have just been by asking. And most people are decent human beings and are willing to help, especially if you can help them understand why it's important to you and as a benefit, how it may help them too. That reminds me when I used to deal with um, credit card companies when I had credit card debt and I had all these credit cards and what am I going to do? I got to pay them down. But I never really thought to ask to call the credit card company and say, hey, could you lower my interest rate? Because a lot of them will do it. Yeah. <laughs> I always felt like, well, I don't want any conflict. I don't want to cause any stress. I don't. But it turns out you can actually talk with some of them and they'll do it. So that's, that's what it kind of reminds me of. I never... I mean, I have eventually done it, but I never, it never would have happened if I didn't ask because why would they want to change? I'm paying all this interest, <laughs> but it's good for them to know, Hey, I'm just, I want to pay this off. Great. So I, I love that approach and, um, being able to identify what the issues are in your life so that you can address those issues and bring them up and say, you know what? I would be happier if this X, Y, Z, I know you have a way to do this. So I don't want to take words out of your mouth. Scott, I'm going to say thank you for being here, for taking the time to be on this show as we have for the past several years. And I'm still proud to say that you're one of the few, if not the only person that I actually have on as a guest only because, and people that listen to all of our shows in succession will be like, okay, you've already said this in the last five shows, uh, <laughs> that uh, my approach and my topic of choice and expertise is emotional intelligence and relationships. And then you take that to the next level and say, okay, let's take all of what you teach, Paul. And now, and this is my perspective, now combine it into how to create the best career path for yourself. So I don't know if I got all of that right, but Scott, do me a favor and just explain the eight day course. I think that's a freebie that you give. So I want to send people to um, I have a special website uh, page for it. It's theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash career. Once you get there, you can see all of Scott's stuff and what he has to offer. Scott, go ahead and explain the little eight-day course there and what that does. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, I am honored to be a repeat guest on the show. <laughs> and I I always appreciate our conversations. And Me too. Um, absolutely agree with everything that you said. I think our... And I know you said it on the flip side of this, but one of the reasons why I have so much fun is because our values are very, very much in alignment. So absolutely support yeah. that. And what we have set up is just a great way to begin to understand what really moves the needle for you in terms of your happiness, purpose, fulfillment and enjoyment and all of those pieces that go along with it. It's a very short, accelerated version of a lot of the things that we do that help you understand what can create the ideal career for you. So if you're in the place where you've been thinking about a change, but trying to get clear on what is in fact most important to you, because it's hard to think about that as a question, this helps provide a few different ways, literally a, any email a day and an exercise each day that allows you to think differently about this subject, um, compared to what most of us have been conditioned to think throughout, uh, you know, throughout the ways that we've been taught and focus on what really is most important. And then we, we have a few exercises at the end that help you 
um, help you be able to put that together in a way that becomes useful to take a next step. Excellent. And, and go ahead. Nope, that's that's it. We'd encourage you to to check that out. Uh, we've had. Uh, oh my goodness. I'm approaching 30,000 people through that. Mm, wow. And we get emails every single day telling us that we should charge for it. <laughs> we don't charge for it, but uh, we've got certainly for those people that want additional help, we've got plenty of ways to have additional help too. Well, yeah, I don't want to d- uh, discount that either. You offer you know, coaching services, you, you're even coaching coaches. And I mean, I think that your site should be the main portal for anyone considering anything about their career. If there's, if there's any slight, uh, I always look at the balance, the equation of happiness to unhappiness, the ratio, I mean, where I like to see that if you're more happy than not, then maybe you're okay. But if you're less happy than not, that's a great gauge for me. I use it in relationships too. If you're less happy than you are happy, then something needs to give or change, or you need to talk about it. You need to change your environment. You need to ask for what you want. Like you said, I look at that in career too. So I, I think that your site, your work on this planet, Scott, is very noble. I appreciate you. I'm so glad that you're uh, still doing what you do after all these years. And um, I just appreciate you as a, a, as a good person as well. So thank you for, for being on the show and sharing your wisdom and knowledge today. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. That means an awful lot, especially coming from you. Thank you, sir. And again, go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash career, and you'll see uh, everything that Scott has to offer there. And you'll get his, um, you can click on that link for his eight day mini or video course. I don't want to call it a mini course. This is a mini course. It's like a full. It is a mini course in that it is concentrated over eight days. Got it. It doesn't take a year to do it. It doesn't take five years to do it. It uh, is concentrated over eight days, but it also includes videos and it also includes step-by-step. Yeah. In my experience, that was called accelerated learning. (laughs) You're going to learn this fast. Eight days. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. So there you go. That was Scott Barlow from Happen to Your Career. I have all of our interviews and all of the um, free resources that he offers at theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash career. You'll get to hear the last five talks we had together. So if you're interested in uh, moving positions, moving career, I really loved what um, he said today about you don't really have to leave your career. You can do something within your career. You can do something within the job you have and change things around a bit. That's something that I've never done. I've, I've always been the type of person that says, I'm sick of this, I'm leaving. And there are so many opportunities that I look back on and think to myself, gee, you know, I could have shifted what I was doing. I could have talked to my superiors and said, you know, this is what I don't like and this is what needs to change in order for me to be happy here. I think they would have listened. Every single one of my superiors probably would have listened. And so I think about those missed opportunities. I'm not saying that what I'm doing now isn't fulfilling. It is absolutely something I love to do. Uh, But it certainly makes me think, you know, what else could have happened if I had done different things, if I had just spoken up? And of course, maybe the career shift and change is exactly what I needed to do. At the time, I didn't have Scott's resources or anything like that. I'm sure there were books and stuff out there, but I didn't know to look at them or look for them. So this is an opportunity for you to look at your career, to, for you to look at your position where you are and figure out what fits for you. Scott's there to help you do it. 
Go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash career. You'll get his free resources. You'll have access to his site. And uh, maybe you'll learn something you don't know yet that changes everything. Thanks for joining me today. You are amazing. Talk to you soon.